0: Voyager Radio, self-development radio for the open mind, interviews with leading-edge authors and speakers, psychic phenomena and the unexplained, UFOs, extraterrestrial encounters, government cover-ups, alternative health care, new technologies. And now, Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless
1: Voyager Radio.
2: Uh, Welcome to the show, James Bean. Hi. (laughs) Well, there it is. Uh, Sound Currents of the Spirit is the name of your syndicated radio production. Is that correct? That is true. All right, so you're a radio host.
3: Yes, I'm a radio. I've always been a radio person. Love radio.
2: All right, now for our listeners, we'll have just a few minutes before we actually get going here. Just quickly, what is the difference between the stories that we hear uh, according to the Apostle Thomas, and the stories that we have heard according to the Apostle Paul, and then we'll get into it in great detail.
1: Okay, well, the Gospel
3: of Thomas is very different from uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in that it is a collection of the sayings of Jesus, the proverbs of Jesus. So the Gospel of Thomas doesn't have really... Uh, an emphasis on the story of Jesus, but the actual wisdom, the teaching, the spirituality of Jesus on how to uh, experience the kingdom of God. So uh, it's a very different uh, type of gospel, very much uh, uh, the type of writing that you'd find in the ancient world. uh, Many different teachers had different sayings, and their disciples collected those sayings, sayings of Pythagoras or Hermes or various other sages and mystics in the ancient world. And the Gospel of Thomas is like that. It's a collection of the, the wisdom of Jesus on uh, different spiritual subjects.
2: So that is what we're going to talk about this evening. Now you say that, uh, well now first of all, before we even talk about what you say, <laughs> how did all this happen? How, how did we how did we find out that Thomas had something different to say from Paul? Well, be- because because now I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead into our break with that, and then I'll let you come back and, and answer the question. But what I want to know when we come back is why isn't or is this information first? Let's that'll be the first question. Is this information found in the Bible? That'll be our first question when we come back.
3: The Gospel of Thomas talks about knowing yourself, so that is an important question.
2: All right, so so the question, though, that uh, before we get to that one, which is certainly absolutely important, is, is this information that you're going to tell us tonight, is this in the Bible?
3: I think it is. I think it is. It's kind of scattered around. Uh, the sayings of Jesus are scattered in uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and elsewhere, scattered around. And you have to kind of mine for it. You have to kind of seek it out. Uh, And the Gospel of Thomas, what this is, is an ancient collection of the sayings of Jesus and nothing else but all put together.
2: Yeah, now you made a very important point here, so I guess I should say this. You said Thomas isn't a channeled book. Right. It's an ancient book discovered in Egypt. Thomas is considered by many scholars to be a... What is the word? Coptic. Coptic. I was going to say that. The Coptic Tr- language. Translation of an authentic document used by many different kinds of Christians all over the Middle East two thousand years ago.
3: And most people, right. have never even heard of it, and most Christians today don't even know about it. It's so
2: now it's it's an actual book. An ancient is, book. That is, it's this is obviously a book that's not in the Bible.
3: Right. Not it. Not anymore, at least.
2: All right, now you're... Okay, so go ahead. What happened? It was taken out?
3: Well, uh, during the first couple hundred years of Christianity, you know, as long as the United States has been a country, uh, there was no closed uh, collection of books, uh, no, no certain number of books that exclusively were considered inspired. So there are how, many, how many books was this? floating around.
2: Apparently. How recent was that?
3: Uh, the first two or three centuries AD of the Christian Church, uh, there was no one... Uh, book that was a, you know, the only book. Uh, Many different disciples of Jesus had written down uh, uh, books, and a lot of them are read by Christians, and uh, uh, many of them were, you know, studied. In addition to the ones we have now in the Bible, there are all these other interesting books uh, as well.
2: Now, I've heard, and you can correct me if I've got this wrong.
3: Uh, Emperor Constantine, yes.
2: I missed that. Was he?
3: Yeah, Emperor Constantine, yeah, he converted to uh, Christianity, and uh, what Constantine. happened?
2: Constantine, Constantine.
3: Yeah, Emperor Constantine, and what happened, why, you know, why the Gospel of Thomas is missing today, uh, and why, you know, we have all of the Roman, you know, Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul kind of writings. The the Roman Church, of course, became preeminent, and, you know, with the backing of the Roman Empire, uh... uh began absorbing all of the other churches. Imagine, if you will, if that happened today, that Presbyterians and uh, different kinds of religions, um, uh, Baptist and Lutheran, all had to join one mega church. And they, imagine, imagine the carnage that would be if everyone had to join one church and you know, uh, just sort of uh, liquidate.
2: Right, that. well, for example, now, uh, just just as a, a point of, of an issue, I, I think one of the differences between Lutheran, or at least some of the Lutheran, and all of the other churches, I think, that are Christian, I should say, yeah, Christian, uh, is that the Lutherans believe that the uh, during the sacrament that the wine is the blood, and the others say the, the wine symbolizes the blood. So that's just, uh, that's one issue that would have to have been resolved. So, in other words, one of those would be retained, and the other one would be thrown out, right?
3: Right. There are slight differences amongst all of these different Christian groups today. And in the ancient world, this was also true. Uh, in the early centuries, there were all kinds of different Christians, Jewish Christians, and Gentile Christians, and Gnostic Christians, all of these different groups around, and, and some of them had different holy writings. And uh, some of them are. Uh, Really good ones too, like the Odes of Solomon and hmm. the Gospel of Thomas. And so, uh, as the church became the church of the empire, all of these other really interesting groups became absorbed, and some of them were required to throw out their writings. And a lot of this information got lost in that sort of carnage, you know, that took place after Constantine.
2: Now, you say that some fundamentalists actually believe that uh, Thomas was created by heretics.
3: Right. There has been very little attention in the Christian world to this collection of the sayings of Jesus, but there has been some negative reaction amongst some uh, fundamentalists trying to immediately uh, make the case that, Tom, that the Gospel of Thomas is somehow bad and Christians don't need to know it, know anything about it. Uh, and uh, they try and say that it is a Gnostic Gospel or a book written by heretics, for heretics, and they try and build this case that Thomas isn't any good and no one should read it. But uh, once you get into it, you realize that the Gospel of Thomas was read by all kinds of different Christians, and there's a Greek manuscript of Thomas that was also found in Egypt. And actually, some of the sayings of Jesus found in Thomas were also quoted by uh, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament and by other early Saints of the church origin and other people who lived uh during the first few centuries a d when they had access uh to this book you know back then so there are some people that are you know would like to uh have it go away but i I see the Gospel of thomas discovery as uh you know sowing the seeds of a of a new reformation at least I hope so you All know right. getting people to open up a little bit and and kind of ask questions. I think that's healthy. Uh,
2: St. Thomas was an apostle who traveled not only to Syria but went eastward to the land of India. Now, uh, what happened in India?
3: Well, that's where he died after he, uh, he he also, like Paul, you know, went on a missionary journey from Syria all the way to uh, India. And he spent the rest of his years in India, and he was martyred in India. And uh, even now, as we speak in India, there are millions of Thomas Christians. The Mar Church uh, of India is still going after 2,000 years.
2: Now, the main difference, of course, uh, my understanding of the main difference between Paul and Thomas is that Paul teaches that we are sinners and need to be forgiven. Uh, I believe Thomas has a different view.
3: Well, he. Um, there, there's a lot of similarity between uh, the apostles I, I think what thomas the Thomas Christians were especially interested in was spiritual growth uh, and personal uh, you could use the term meditation some are more familiar with the term contemplation. They were already convinced of the you know reality of Christ and what they wanted to do was experience you know knowing themselves as spiritual beings they wanted to get into it they wanted to have a deeper you know, approach to Christianity. And so all of the Thomas writings, uh, Gospel of Thomas and other books that the Thomas Church uh, used were very uh, much more uh, spiritual, mystical. uh, You know, they were really into experiencing uh, the reality, you know, and not just, uh, you know, an hour a week of it or something like that. But they really wanted to develop a whole lifestyle around spirituality.
2: Now, what exactly was the time frame for Thomas versus uh, Paul? Paul, I understand, was around about 40 years after Christ died, is that correct?
3: Right, and Thomas uh, was a contemporary of Paul, uh, was one of the original disciples of Jesus. and
2: uh, So one of the mistakes that a lot of people make when they, uh, not not a lot of people, but but uh, many people that I know, actually thought that, that Paul was one of the apostles uh, who was with Jesus, and that's not true, is it?
3: No, he came along a, a little bit later. Uh, he wasn't one of the original twelve. Uh, Thomas is a, a very preeminent apostle in the East, because it seems that he... Uh, became the successor to Jesus' brother, James the Just. And so he became uh, the head of that original movement in Palestine and Syria. So he's, he's definitely a, a, a very you know, powerful name in uh, the Church of Syria and the Churches of the East.
2: All right. Now, uh, for those of you out there listening to this show, if you want to join us, if you've got something you'd like to add, a comment, perhaps you disagree or you agree, uh, feel free to call. Now, we don't uh, really uh, screen our calls, so... Uh, we'll let you be uh, on your own there. Just be careful, because if you get out of hand, <laughs> I'll cut you off. <laughs> but you uh, certainly have a right to uh, to disagree or agree with us. Uh, my guest is James Bean. We're talking about the Gospel according to Thomas. I want to invite all of those of you who'd like to call in to do it right now. Gainesville. All right, Pete. Welcome to the show, Pete. How you doing? All right.
1: Uh, my question for uh, Mr. Bean, and I'm, I'm hoping I got that name right. You got it. Um, basically, this says that I'm really excited about uh, the discoveries of Dead Sea Scrolls and all that, and my question is two two parts. One, is the Gospel of Thomas anything that was found uh, part of the Dead Sea Scrolls? And two, are there any really major contradictions between what is, you know, standard Bible now? Is there anything that the, uh, for example, does the Gospel of Thomas uh, treat homosexuality in a a better light? Uh, Do do you get the idea of what I'm trying to say here? I'm not that eloquent sometimes.
3: Sure. Well, the first uh, question uh, you had about the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the uh, the Gospel of Thomas was discovered amongst uh, some ancient parchments uh, in Egypt near the city of Nag Hammadi, uh, three years before the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. Uh, so it's a separate discovery, but it's kind of similar. You know, both back uh, in the 1940s, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered and the Nag Hammadi Library was discovered. It uh, happened, you know, at about the same time, only in Egypt instead of in Palestine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is uh, the Gospel of Thomas is one of many books that was discovered at Nag Hammadi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't see the Gospel of Thomas as being contradictory. Uh, of course, each apostle had their own spin, each tradition, uh, you know, the Church in Egypt, the Church in Syria, and elsewhere had their own slightly uh, different spin on uh, the events. But uh, I see it as another piece of the puzzle, you know, and and when you put them all together, you get a much more complete picture of the teachings of Jesus. Um, For me, the Gospel of Thomas uh, focuses on uh, the spirituality uh, of Jesus, the actual experience of the kingdom of God, and uh, that God is light, and uh, that the light of God is inside each person. And uh, it really... Uh, it doesn't leave that area of discussion. it uh, focuses on spiritual growth it doesn 't really get into uh, uh, other you know questions
2: like what you I shouldn't, did... what you should do and what you shouldn 't do
1: yeah
3: it doesn't which focus... is
2: very that's very paul isn 't it I... that's what we're talking about. Paul yeah. has a real agenda about what 's right and what 's wrong
1: I've, uh, I think that contemporary Christians are really going to have a hard time digesting the gospel of uh, Thomas. Because the Gospel of Thomas sounds like something that God comes from something that of each individual person, while mainstream Christianity still considers God as something outside of you. And I wonder how how the mainstream church and this new gospel is going to fit into all this. It, it sounds like a major uh, paradigm shift there.
3: Like yeah, It Pete. is. It is. Uh, and I think that the a lot of the, the churches have a, a real problem with Jesus right now, so uh, it's no wonder that... Uh, they would have a problem with a, a collection of his sayings because I, I see most of the church is still in the uh, more conventional religion of the Old Testament uh, rather than the radical spirituality of you can see God, you can partake of the kingdom of God right now. That's still pretty radical, even 2,000 years later.
2: Pete, thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Jesus was 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 and still is a rebel rouser, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't he wasn't some you know guy who came into town real quietly and and uh, uh, just you know talked to a few people. I mean, he really made waves wherever he went.
3: Yeah, he was uh, uh, even now what 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 uh, he was saying in in all of the gospels and what the early Christians and other uh, mystics were uh, getting into two thousand years ago is still pretty radical even now. Um, We are just beginning to to return to understanding, you know, what they
4: were all about.
2: Mike Quincy, Florida. Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you doing? Okay.
4: Uh, I don't want to change the subject too much, but something I was listening to that you said really piqued my interest and made me call. Uh, Mr. Bean, did you say that, uh, uh, did you refer to Jesus' brother, James the Just, Right right uh um uh,
3: wh- uh, many biblical scholars uh, believe was uh, somehow related or at least to uh, his you know his family okay mary and joseph yep
4: in other words uh in other words he may or may not have been a, an exact brother uh, in other words his his direct brother like we would consider a brother sure part of the uh the family of uh Joseph and
3: Mary, and, and some believe that Thomas also was uh, a, a member of that family. So uh, uh, James and Thomas were both brothers of Jesus, and some uh, believe that Thomas looked a little bit like Jesus. That's amazing.
2: See, I know, I know what you're driving at, Mike, so I mean, we can go ahead and say that, that, that uh, there are a lot of people, a lot of people, there are a lot of sources that say that Jesus came from a rather large family. That he wasn't an only child, which I think right. the Bible leaves us to uh, think uh, the way it's written. Anyway,
4: that's right. And, and of course, you know, I, I, my upbringing was was uh, uh, was Catholic, and that was strictly uh, he was an only child, and that was just uh, just the way it, way it was taught. And it's uh, and I've been hearing more and more about the 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 the, the belief that he may may have had siblings uh in the last few years and it just intrigued me when you said that and i wanted to just learn a little bit more about that yeah okay. definitely joseph and mary
3: had other uh, kids and some of them were his uh disciples
2: <laughs> all right mike thanks for your call we appreciate that um mark burlington vermont welcome to the show mark
5: yeah hi thank you i was uh piqued by something else that you said uh about king constantine and uh yeah, the whole uh, whole discussion uh, brings up a, a number of things, but I think I, I read somewhere that uh, they had a great uh, didn't he have a great conference where they did a lot of editing of the uh, New Testament? I I read that uh, at the, I forget the the name of the conference. I think it was, You're
2: talking about the Con- Constantine, and you're talking about Nice, right?
5: Uh, well, I think it was in Constantinople in the 500s. They threw out the doctrine of reincarnation; mm-hmm. it, it had been in there, and the even uh, in the hebrew testament uh somewhere the quote was that uh, that uh, a baby boy is uh, just born and it's obvious he's blind and the elders gather around and they they question they say why was this man born blind was it because of his sins or the sins of his father so they the uh, book i'd read years ago uh, have, had had uh, numerous things saying that uh, reincarnation was uh, well accepted by the early Christians, but then, uh, as with so many things, uh, politics or human egos get in there and uh, sh- uh, fashion the uh,
3: original holy writings uh, to fit their uh, needs of the time. Right. He, what we have, uh, what ha- what happened after Constantine became uh, a Christian or emperor of the Roman em- Empire? Was uh, kind of uh, a watered-down Christianity, kind of a top 40 Christian. You know, kind of like uh, like the group Led Zeppelin did the song "Stairway to Heaven," and and most people think that that's all that they ever did. Uh, but meanwhile, in truth, there are all these other great songs. Uh, the same with the early Christianity. Uh, there's all these other neat beliefs and practices, but you never hear about them because they didn't quite make it to into the uh, you know, popular
2: uh, to the top ten. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, the top ten of the Roman Empire. That's <laughs> a big loss for
5: all of us. Now, you know, talking about uh, I'm unfamiliar with uh, Thomas. It's very interesting to hear about his uh, the the more direct uh, experience that uh, uh, that he's trying to impart. And uh, when I hear bits of uh, uh, sort of American uh, uh, fundamentalist thinking. When they talk, uh, you know, this narrow, narrow uh, business of, you know, they say, Jesus said, I am the light and the way. I mean, Jesus uh, was not somebody with a social security number. It was probably, I mean, they—they. They, it seems like there's so little uh, understanding. They're dealing with ultimate mysticism here. They're, it's like literally, I am the way and the light. That was light and love uh, uttering these words. I mean, this is this is my sense of it. It's just so
3: dismaying. Yeah, the Gospel of Thomas would have been really popular with some of those medieval mystic types, Hildegard of Bingen, mm-hmm. Meister Eckhart, mm-hmm. uh, George Fox of the early Quakers. Uh, they would have loved Thomas because that was more, you know, centered on spiritual growth. And um, that's where I think Thomas would have been most
2: popular. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark, i got to let you go, but I really thank you very much for your call. Charles, Charles, Oh, let's see, Ocala, Florida. Welcome to the show, Charles. Hello, how are you doing? Okay.
1: Um. Basically, people. I don't think people realize the the incredible importance of these of this find. I mean, this this really changes and challenges just about everything, uh, you know, that's out there and held commonly believed. You know, a, a spiritual Jesus. You know, one that that looks more on the individual rather than the whole. And I don't know. That's I just don't. Fifty years from now, it's Christianity is not going to look anything like it does right now. Thanks to all these finds. You know, totally new ideas in Christianity backed up by gospel. You know, think of the huge effect that uh, new gospels that they found, uh, not the states, found the Mormons claim to have found uh, out west changed, you know, their entire religion and spirituality. And these books will do the same on a more global scale. And that's all.
3: Yes, I think that.
2: Um, hey, thanks, Charles. Good. Yes, I think that.
1: Christians will
3: um, perhaps uh, look to the the saints and mystics in their tradition and say, we really do need to uh, sit in silence, in solitude, uh, develop uh, a spiritual practice of uh, contemplation. Uh, and actually experience the kingdom of God within, and and make that kind of prayerful experience a priority. Right now, it's it's politics. It's you know the end of the world is next Tuesday at noon. It's all of these you know external things that seem to grab the the attention of everyone.
2: Yeah. Now, now, Paul. Uh, sorry, Paul really does talk about the apocalypse, but uh, um, well, actually, is that Paul?
3: Um some although actually uh, paul is is pretty much a, a christian gnostic and mm-hmm. uh and, and in other words the apostle paul was a a mystic who actually reported one time being caught up to the third heaven uh and he wasn't sure if he was in the body or out of the body that's the you know real you know the tremendous impact this experience had on him so he he's another misunderstood mystic really um uh, and his teachings aren't really fully comprehended in the West either.
2: who would you say I mean if, if we're gonna if we're gonna have this is the age of blame we live in <laughs> So if we're gonna point the finger at how this thing has gotten uh, so out of hand, so changed from from what it originally was, where would you place place that?
3: Well I think that um, uh, that r- spiritual traditions, are preserved by um, uh, living teachers. You know, you've got a saint like Hildegard of Bingen or Thomas or some other figure who uh, I- experiences this reality, experiences God as light within or sound or somehow has a, a, a personal experience, uh, and they, they can teach that to other people but if they're no longer recognized if they die off and don't have a successor then you've got you know bureaucrats or someone else takes over a religion and 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 it changes direction so the the spirituality of whoever is in charge will determine what a religion is going to be whether it's going to be you know collecting weapons and going out into the the desert or or whether you know pri- the priority will be spiritual growth, you know, personal experience, or, you know, whatever a religion is into is determined by the leadership. And, uh, what happened with Christianity, the disciples died off and, uh, their successors weren't recognized. And, uh, a lot of those medieval mystics that we read about in, uh, you know, a few centuries back, um, they weren't really paid much attention to outside of their circles. And so, um, you know, I I think the saints and mystics are the ones that really keep this thing going.
2: Well, aside from the fact that Jesus actually believes in reincarnation, according to Thomas, uh, talks about it, uh, and incidentally, the book was 13 papyrus books bound in leather with over 52 texts including Gospels and other secret writings. Other stuff, yeah. yeah. We are talking about Jesus in a new light, according to the Apostle Thomas. Uh, Jesus initiated his disciples, showing them how to meditate, uh, gave them a secret word. We probably call that a mantra. Whew. All right, Bob, Palm Beach, Florida, you've got a few moments. We're really moving quickly here. We're going to be out of time. Hello? Yes. Hi. Um, Welcome, Bob.
0: I just wanted to uh, mention something. Sure. Um, I'm not uh, your, your typical Christian, but I do believe in the Bible, mm-hmm. sure. and um, I, I think the...
2: Uh, Incidentally, Bob, before you finish, mm-hmm. we are not in any way discrediting the Bible, but go ahead. Uh,
0: right. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't be either. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, I think the best marometer for a Bible book is its uniformity of text and its compliance to other books in the Bible. In other words, it's uh, harmony uh, with the theme, which is the kingdom. Uh-huh. Um, in, in, th- in the way I've read the Bible and what I've noticed in my studies is that the kingdom is an external source and it's an actual government ruled by God. Um, this book by Thomas does not seem to comply with that.
3: Well, actually it does, and I think that uh, many different kinds of Christians could use the Gospel of Thomas uh, now, including, you know, charismatic Christians or Catholics and Protestants. I think, like with the Bible, a number of different people could read it and gain inspiration and, you know, uh, could uh, use it, you know, like they do Matthew or the other books of the New Testament.
0: Well, you know, what's also concerning is that uh, around Jesus' time there were uh, sects that came out of uh, his religion, which is uh, uh, Christianity, um, sects that, uh, that were almost like Christians, but they veered off into pagan uh, worship. And uh, I'm just interested in, 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 in knowing uh, how, you, how, how you would think uh, that such a book would not be in the Bible
3: Well, the Odes of Solomon isn't in the Bible, and that's the very first uh, known Christian hymn book from the uh, first century church. Mm -hmm. There are other books that are really great and were used by uh, Christians uh, that aren't included in the Bible, uh, because they weren't uh, as popular in Rome. You know, they might have been popular in in other places like in uh, Syria or uh, in Egypt or someplace.
2: Bob, I have to let you go. I'm mostly sorry we're out of time. James, uh, your parting words.
3: It's great being here. I certainly appreciate uh, being able to uh, share with everyone about this uh, Gospel of Thomas, which is a collection of 114 sayings of Jesus. That's what Thomas is, and uh, uh, get a copy of it and read it for yourself.
2: Thanks, James. We appreciate you being on the show. This is Bruce Stephen Holmes, Timeless Voyager Radio.